Hey, it's Aidan here. Just before we get into today's episode, I wanted to let you know about something new. It's called the Magician's Business Group. We've just opened up a Facebook group designed to help you guys as entertainers grow and improve your entertainment business. So if that is you, if you are an entertainer that wants help growing and improving your entertainment business, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash group and the magic of the internet will take you right there. Or if you're like me, have the Facebook app on your phone, open it up and search for the Magician's Business Group and you'll go straight there. Anyways, back to the episode. Hello and welcome to episode 81 of the TSM podcast. My name is Aidan O'Sullivan and I am joined by none other than the fantastic Ashley Green. Aloha, aloha. Good morning all over the world or afternoon or evening, depending on where you're listening. Maybe that works. Uh, maybe that works for some people. I think we've got everybody just covered in that intro. Um, but welcome to this episode. This is an episode that almost didn't happen. And we say that not because there was glitches or we couldn't sit down and find the time or all of that kind of stuff. Uh, this was an episode that we've literally just thought about as a result of a conversation that we just had this morning. We spent a good few hours actually talking about um, a situation which actually I'd love you to expand on in um, in a couple of moments. But this is actually uh, the result of a, of a good three, four hour conversation that we've just had on this subject uh, of managing some nightmare clients. And, and to give you a little bit of a teaser, Ashley's just had a little bit of an interaction with a potential nightmare client. And we looked at all of the different ways to handle it and, and approach that entire situation. And we actually thought, well, you know what? There's a lot of value in that conversation that we've just had looking at cross business exchange. Like, what do I do? What does Ashley do? Look, what, what can we start doing? And we've actually boiled that down into a couple of really clear principles. Actually, we looked at the whole conversation, making our own notes and this stuff. And we actually thought, why not put this in a podcast? Looked at these clear principles. And actually, there's a, there's a couple that we re recommend that you actually implement straight away to to look after your your nightmare nightmare clients but before we jump into that ashley uh, i'd love you to talk a little bit about the situation now we've hit like bigged it up as like nightmare client here and it's not really as like chaotic as i know other other people have had but could you just elaborate on that entire story and, and why we're talking about these principles today yeah, I think this is because it's going to be very relevant and could either help those people who haven't faced a situation before or is going to help those people who have faced a situation and regular face it with their clients. But to cut a long story short, the uh, uh, yesterday, in fact, I uh, was meeting up with a potential client. I met him at... Um, at when I was performing out and about, as we do, if you've listened to our strategies to get gigs, got the lead, had a chat with him, was super excited, wanted to book me for his wedding. So I went, brilliant, let's arrange an in-person meetup to chat about it because these are the most effective ways of dealing with clients to actually chat to them face to face. Uh, we met out and about, we, we met up down the pub. And I set a good two hours aside for him uh, in my calendar. So it'll be plenty of time to chat. And uh, as soon as I get there, nice and early all's good all's good get him a nice drink already all's looking well i've got my notepad and pen and my laptop and then he rolls through this door steaming and sweating going oh oh my gosh sorry so late i nearly didn't make it um wow well, good to meet good to meet you mate and i thought all right fair enough he's just a busy boy but we didn't sit down and start going straight into business like 
we usually do with other people. It's like, hey, here's a meeting time. Let's talk about your wedding, the things that are happening. Let's talk a little bit about you as well to see how you're getting on. It was the pleasantries and the conversations. Largest for the usual 15 minutes. I tried to turn that background into talking about uh, the wedding. And he just went, oh, mate, I, I can't talk about my wedding at the moment. And immediately I was like, hang on. We are literally in a meeting supposed to be talking about your wedding. Why do you not want to speak about your wedding? I was like, so I'm here and you don't want to speak about your wedding. I was like, can I, can I just get through my drink first? Um, I've just bit brain dead. Can I just get through it? So I gave him the benefit of the doubt and uh, tried to get back into the subject of uh, talking about the wedding again, Aiden. At which point... He was distracted. He said, oh, I can't, I can't do it at the moment. By the way, I've, I've got a friend coming. He's going to give some really good insights into this. He is running a little bit late. His friend was an hour and a half late and he wanted his friend to be on this meeting. So already I'm there an hour and a half into my time and there's been no progress made so far. Anyway, his friend gets there. We try to go back down to business and talk about the wedding. The football's on. He's like, oh, mate, I, I can't focus when there's football on. And he just watched the entire football game whilst I'm there taking time out of my day. Another hour has passed because the football game was like 20 minutes in, blah, 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 more time on the football. That finishes. And only after that, two and a half hours into a two hour allotted meeting, only then, only then we started talking about the wedding. But here's the thing. The amount of progress we made, Aiden, speaking about his wedding, was only something which could have been covered in five minutes because I started to ask some questions, as usual, to really find out what he wants about this event, what are the aims and the visions and, and where he's going to be. And he turned around after about half an hour and went, oh, mate, I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm done at this point. I, I don't think I can I can keep talking about this. It's too much for me. Uh, let's just go back to chatting like normal. And I was like, what on earth is this? And it was the most, I tell you what, it's, it's one of those situations where everyone listening is like, First of all, very awkward to be in. Why didn't you just leave? And that's what we spoke about, wasn't it? Like, why didn't I just leave? And, and uh, the thing for me, I was like kind of trapped between a rock and a hard place. I leave. I seem rude. I leave. I don't get the gig. <laughs> so I'm like, what do I do? What do I do? I'm just wasting time, making no progress. I'm trying to plan out a show for this guy's wedding so that and then I can pitch it and then make a make a sale and book a gig. And the guy doesn't want to speak about it. Yeah, he's booked it in because he wants to speak about it. And like, this is a situation which is inconvenient. Although they're not a nightmare client in terms of like leaving bad reviews and hating on you and bullying you at events. They're a nightmare client because they're taking up one of my most precious and valuable resources, which is my time. Four hours of my time to make five minutes of progress, Aiden, on planning a show. Horrendous. Absolutely horrendous. Yeah, I mean, it's wildly unacceptable to say the least, but I think what's uh, easy for a lot of listeners, uh, and, and I'm only saying this because this was my exact thought process as you was telling me earlier about this, was like, it's a lot easier for people to think oh that wouldn't happen to me oh I'd, I'd never stay that long but it's a very different situation like again I, I said that to you the conversation literally started as uh, no in fact I think it was you that said this you wouldn't have you wouldn't have stayed this yeah, long yeah yeah I said oh Aiden you wouldn't stay this long you would have got up and left but but it is when you're there in that situation like when you're trying to pitch a show and and you're going out to pitch like as the most expensive magician literally in my area I know it's going to be a lot of money. I've got a lot riding on it. Like that is going to set me up for quite a while. 
I'm kind of giving him the benefit of the doubt. I want to seem like a nice guy. I want to, I want to do a good job, but it just gets to the point where I'm like, well, this is awkward as I can't exactly pitch, but there might be a time and time if I walk off, I'm seem rude and, and all of these doubts going through your mind. You've got to make that clear cut decision in the moment. And it's like, when you're there, it's very hard to just say, look, I've got to shoot off, mate. Yeah. Yeah, it goes a bit further than that as well, because there's one of the first question, set of questions that I actually asked you to actually unpack this a little bit more. Um, it w- was quite literally looking at your wider business ops. It's not just in the moment. It's easy for somebody to, to say in the moment, yeah, I'd, I'd have left. But one of the, well, that kind of brings us to the first principle that uh, actually uh, we wanted to share in this episode is actually the, the management or the setting healthy boundaries uh, and what we mean by healthy boundaries are these uh, the these rules or these all these boundaries that essentially respect your time because again your time is your most valuable asset it's your most t- valuable resource it's the most valuable thing that you have available to you and we had a look at your your business your, your existing conversations with this one client and actually we found out that the this client um Again, I hope you don't mind me sharing, but they they rescheduled the meeting a couple of times. And and again, what this just showed was that they had no sense of your boundaries. They didn't know the way that you worked. And as a result, they they probably thought that they were being really good with this. They were being nice. And because you'd been so friendly and, and we joked about this earlier, but that you've over networked yourself into a friendship rather than a working relationship. You've done the you've done it the wrong way around in that situation. Um, but that was like the kind of in joke that we had there. But the the point is that they did not have those boundaries in place. They weren't even aware of these healthy boundaries that, that in this case, you hadn't actually set. And as a result, problems. Yeah. And that's what we said, because in, in their mind, they don't think they're doing anything wrong. They're not being rude. They're like, it's easy for them to say, oh, they're just an ass. It's easy for anyone listening to this to say, oh, they're just an ass. They don't care about you. But in their mind, reality, they might not be. They cancelled a meeting twice before. For me, massive inconvenience. I have so much going on with shows, other meetings, TSM and other bits and bobs on the side. For me, that's a big problem. But for them, they was like, ah, oh, I've given him 24 hour notice. That's more than enough time. And even then on, on our four hour meeting where literally five minutes was progress was made in his eyes, he was like, ah, oh, well, it's the end of the day. He's not going to be doing anything anyway, because it's the end of a conventional work day, which for us entrepreneurs and solopreneurs, we don't work to the nine to five. We work when we want. And I had other meetings and other things in that day, which really was annoying. And uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's really, it's one of those things like you have to look at these healthy boundaries from the, from the outset, because it's all well and good being able to look at it in, in that one moment. But if you've not preconditioned your, your clients to understand or even understand uh, what they are and even be aware of them, then it's going to be really hard for them to actually respect those. It's going to be really hard for them to actually listen and, and pay attention and be able to sit and have a, a face-to-face conversation with you. And again, like these meetings overrunning and, and being really unprepared and, and, and people have probably got the other challenge of actually having no-shows, like people just not yep. showing up. I know for me, I, I don't really get no-shows. The only times I've had no-shows to to pre-booking meetings uh phone calls um just because i think i think the reputation of a phone call is very different and i'm sure that's a conversation for another time but like phone calls are very i don't want to say old school but they're not quite as 
uh, official as an in-person meeting or a Zoom yeah. call, for example. Like in our eyes as like business owners, we see a phone call meeting as we're both going to chat on the phone at that time. But as someone from the public, a phone call meeting, what the hell is that? Come on, you're just going to phone at any time. Well, no, we're busy, which is why we're phoning at this yeah. allotted time, so please pick up. But in their eyes, they don't understand that. And that's because we haven't built up, again, those healthy boundaries. So it, re- it really is this first step of just kind of, you're just kind of being polite and just letting people in and you're opening up a little so that they understand you so that they're not going to mess you around. And there's a few very simple ways in which we can do this to try and help prevent meetings overrunning um, and prevent no shows. And it is literally just setting like a soft time frame on these meetings. It, it's as simple as that. When I start booking in these meetings in the past, I've always gone, let's meet at 630 down here. Let's hop on Zoom at 630. That's what most people do. And in my diary, I block out an hour or two hours because I think that's more than enough. But I've never expressed that to the potential client, which in their eyes, they might overrun, which in this case, it, it did. Yeah, I mean, this concept of the uh, of a soft cap time frame is is something I've been running in my entertainment business for a long time. Like, I don't ever prepare or set up a meeting without there being some form of time awareness. And it doesn't mean that there is a limitation, like this meeting is only an hour long or this meeting is only 40 minutes or anything like that. But that like, I'm giving them something just to plant a seed. And that can be anything like uh, having a calendar like actually sending an email calendar invitation to a specific meeting time that blocks it out in your calendar but more importantly gives the client a clear indication on how long you're prepared to be spending in that meeting for example uh, for me most of the time i'm spending 40 minutes on these client conversations and that's what i'll send the calendar invite in fact i actually use uh, an automatic calendar booking service to, to allow them to pick a time that works best for them just to make my life easier. It means I've got one link and, and job done. But actually having that, them book that, it puts it in their calendar. They now know that their expectation is it's a concentrated meeting. It's it, The point is X, Y, Z. It's got to have all the pleasantries, but also all of the conversations in it. It's got to have everything that it needs to. And it's got to happen in 40 minutes or in 60 minutes or in 90 minutes to however long you want to book. It's up to you at this point. A five minute phone call if you if you want in this case. But but having that soft cap time frame is really, really clear to just let people know those boundaries, those healthy boundaries. Like you don't want to be spending hours upon hours upon hours stuck in a pub whilst they get absolutely hammered and watch the football so that you can then talk to them about the wedding. It just isn't fair on you because you're wasting so much of your time. Uh, I think if you if you have the, like in that one situation, like if your average client call is an hour long and you were there for four and a half hours, well, that's four and a half client conversations that you literally could have pitched to, which is four and a half gigs worth relative to the five minutes towards one gig. It, it, again, in this case, the value ratio is wildly off track. And again, just putting in those soft cap timeframes are really important. But I think it's worth mentioning as well that it's not just sending calendar invitations. That's not it. It doesn't have to all be fill out your calendar. Like I recommend it. I do it every time without fail. But it could oh, yeah, also you are include... Mr. Productivity at the end of the day, aren't you? <laughs> uh, well, you've got to try. Um, <laughs> but it, it could also include things like uh, a few weeks ago, I had a wedding client that wanted to meet with me to talk about the wedding. Perfect. Great opportunity. In-person meeting. Went back to them and asked what days or times is sort of your preference. And they came back and they said a Wednesday morning would be great. Um, and I said, awesome. 
I'll need, make, need to make sure I'm back home by 12 because I've got another meeting at 12, but any time before that really works for me. And what I've essentially done is I've put this soft cap time frame on it. Like I need to be back home ready for another meeting at 12, which wasn't a lie. That's something really important. It was no BS there. That was literally, I had a meeting, albeit the meeting was at half past 12, but I needed half an hour to prepare and get lunch and all that kind of stuff. Um, in fact, it wasn't getting lunch because I was fasting that day as I do most days, but you get the point. I had to put in that buffer time, uh, but making them aware of it. I'm not saying, yep, this is going to be a two hour meeting or a one hour meeting. I just need to make sure that I've got enough time to get back home because I've got other stuff going on. And then they respect that. Yeah. And I think that's the thing. Like, uh, I remember when you said that, I was like, the, the phrase, oh, I've got to be back by uh, by 12 because I've got uh, another meeting booked in. Like, that's fantastic because it's like a soft way of saying this meeting's only going to be an hour. This meeting's only 40 minutes. This meeting's only two hours so that they know and go, oh, well, yeah, I am a dick if I keep you longer, basically. But what you've just said there is don't lie about it don't bs about it just for the sake of it because if you do say oh i've got to pop back for another meeting and then you literally pop to the coffee shop next door come on then that trust is broken and we all know when trust is broken they're not going to buy from you but you can just change it and say something simple as hey i do have to actually be back at mine by about 12 and leave it ambiguous like that and you don't need to lie about it because you need to be back by a certain time because you don't want to waste your day because you've actually got other better things to do, even if it's only spending time on your personal life or with your partner, for example, because that's still an important thing. And you don't want to lose out on that just because somebody is taking four hours. <laughs> exactly. It, it, it sounds so bizarre. And I, I would encourage that rather than you making up something or making up some BS excuse of, oh, I've got another meeting. I wouldn't do that. What have you got to get home for? Give, give yourself either that reason keep it ambiguous if you can but i would highly recommend that that if you if you have to keep it ambiguous i would probably find another just another way of wording like that that concept but uh, but the point is not use this fancy line to basically shrink your meeting sizes the point there is actually don't waste hours upon hours upon hours just set out your own healthy boundaries and make sure that you've got some form of enforcing that and the other thing that we haven't actually we didn't really discuss but that's actually going in with a clear-cut plan for these client meetings like anybody who's applied for learn to thrive will have gone through our process of jumping on a strategy session and you'll know that we actually have a really clear process to actually do these and deliver these strategy sessions so that we get all the information uh, that we need in order to help you on a on the call and b inside the learn to thrive program and you can actually walk away with value same thing goes for client meetings if you turn up with a clear plan of action you know what information you need you kind of know how the conversation needs to pan out then you're in in for a winner respect those boundaries you know how much time it's going to take you can then monitor it and move on the conversation where relevant and get the most bang for your buck uh to use a phrase that i absolutely hate there well, no, it's it's a fair point. And uh, like, this is one of the things like, and I know a lot of people are going to be thinking, again, still there. But how is this a nightmare client? How is this a nightmare client? They're a pain to deal with because they're so, so time demanding. And it really just takes a massive, massive drain out of your day. And 
this is one thing that we're huge advocates of just a simple little tweaks and changes free us up like again this is an actual example i was working on earlier because i was like aiden i've got a problem how can we work together to fix this so that it doesn't come up in future because i don't want to waste my time because i've got other more important things to do and just like a few simple changes like setting those boundaries everything aiden just said can so much help you get out of these awkward situations and for anyone that's listened to um uh, that was actually with the, the live podcast recording with Brittany Ford, the biohacker. Uh, she said a wonderful thing about um, putting in preventative measures to stop problems actually coming up last minute. I think as humans, we, we kind of gloss over everything. And whenever the, there's a problem, we kind of deal with it there and then like, okay, there's a problem. I must deal with it efficiently and, and business-like and professionally. No, put in the preventative measures now so that these problems don't come up and that you don't have these awkward challenges. Your entertainment business flows nicely and that's what gets you out of the hustle culture mentality and frees you up and gets you free from the weeds so that you can spend your time on what you love. Does that kind of make sense, Aidan, where I was coming from there? Yeah, I mean, 100%. At the end of the day, it's it's all well and good being able to say we need to be back, uh, uh, back at 12 for another meeting. Like, it doesn't have to be work literally ex- excuses do, that you make to to and again they're not excuses at this point these boundaries that you set they don't have to be part of your working relationships as you said there actually it's about doing the things that you love and respecting that if, if if you need a coffee lunch meeting with a client to be over so that you can go back and have a great lunch with your family or just go, take your dog for a walk or anything like that just be open and transparent about it the fact that there's a reason and again it goes down to that um that psychological rule of because i think it was actually put in uh, in the world uh, in the book influenced by uh robert cialdini i can't I, I never know how to pronounce his name it's i've heard people say his name countless times i've never never uh actually known how to say it but there's this this rule if you put because and then give an explanation give a reason it doesn't matter what the reason is, but because you've used the word I need to X because people respect that, people understand that. And the, and the study behind that was basically skipping cue to use a, a printer or a photocopier. And literally it got to the point that they softened the actual uh, the reason, the urgency behind the reason they needed to skip to the front of the queue. Uh, and, and they literally got it down to, um, I, I believe it was, can I jump in front of you because I'm in a rush? How vague and bland that is. But but the fact that they used the because I'm in a rush indicated they needed to jump to the queue and people were much more allowing for that. Again, same thing with your boundaries. But we're not just talking time here in terms of meetings. This we, We've spent a long time mm-hmm. talking about client meetings because this was your example. But we, we, we unpacked this, right, Ashley? And it goes a bit further than just meetings. Oh, yeah, we had uh, we had an actual, when we got to think about this, a, a problem which one of our Learn to Thrive students was facing. He came to us and said, hey, I've got a client. I've booked in a corporate show. They're just not returning their signed contract to me. Like, what? <laughs> what do I do? And 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 this is a huge problem which we face as entertainers. Like, people want to book us. We say, yeah, no worries, lovely, all sorted. I'll send you the paperwork. Get that signed. Get that sent back. We go from there. And people take that absolutely ages to get signed paperwork back to pay invoices it takes forever and ever and ever and the reason it takes forever because i guess in their minds they're not being idiots they're not being asses it's just the boring paperwork like they've chatted everything about the event you're up for doing the event they've got everything they need they know the event's going to go ahead so it's just a little bit of paperwork holding it back in your eyes you need that so that you can actually solidify it and make it in your calendar and know that it's going ahead for that own kind of like personal safety but in their eyes they're like 
Yeah. It's fine. It's all booked in. I'll get this back whenever. And one of our one of our clients was having this problem. Corporate show took weeks and weeks. I think like nearly two months to set to send a performance agreement back for a show. And again, one of the easiest things to solve this is putting those time caps in place. Here you go. Perfect. You've got fourteen days to sign that. I'll hold the date for fourteen days in my calendar. It tells them now. Yeah, cool. You're up for it. You're leaning. You're not. Pushy saying, I need to sign it now and immediately. Like, you are coming across still as your nice, friendly vibe of a person. But you've literally said, in the nicest way possible, I'm going to hold that date for you. But if you don't get that back to me within 14 days, I'm going to take it out of my calendar. So now there's a rush. Now they go, oh, I better get that signed quicker because if I don't do it, then there's going to be a problem on my end. And you're not causing problems for them because they can just sign it and send it back. Like, you're not trying to go out there and cause problems to make people do things. That's, that's not what we're saying. We're just saying, to explain why you need that back and you're given a time cap to make sure that they give it back in a certain amount of time to allow you to actually have that personal safety for the event. Yeah, again, it's just an example of setting those healthy boundaries in order for you to not waste your time and and, and in the situation depending on where you are in your career obviously the the um the chance of it will will vary greatly if you're a beginner it probably won't happen as much as if you're a full working pro that's getting lots of inquiries and stuff but somebody else inquires for the same day well if you've got this client that's on hold for two months about this one event that you haven't had the paperwork back from like that's a really example of an unhealthy boundary that's that's not serving you you've been so flexible with this that you've actually crippled another potential booking you haven't been able to go go back to that original client and say firm no but let me find somebody else or even a yes what you've got is this really weird situation where you're in limbo like um let me just check and then you have to do that that bs thing that no client believes even if it's true of um, I do actually have another uh, another client in the diary for that day. Let me just go. Let me just confirm that that's all working. No, no clients believe that, even if it's true. It just sounds like a a really cheap sales tactic. That's why I stopped saying it, even if it was true. Uh, like I would just, I would, I would. I used to make this is funny. I used to make up lies that I was like away on holiday or something. I'd be back in a couple of days to check. Basically, stall for a few days. Again, this goes completely against what I said earlier in terms of don't BS your clients. I learned that the hard way. But I stalled a few days just so I could try and get desperate contact back from the client, so I could go back and say, unfortunately, I've just got home to check the calendar, and and unfortunately, this no longer is a date that's available, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But again, as you said there, Ashley, it's it's setting those time caps, actually having those healthy boundaries. I can hold the date for fourteen days. The invoice needs to be paid in full within thirty days of the uh, of signing the performance agreement, or seven days ahead of the full event, or it could be paid on the night or, or the week after. It's up to you how you run your business. From that sense, we we can't tell you how to do all of that stuff. But the point is having those timeframes and actually being able to use them and leverage them are the keys that are going to help you set those healthy boundaries. And another point, actually, I mean, still in this criteria of healthy boundaries here is actually managing your expectations. And and this is probably even a principle in and of itself, to be fair. Um, Ashley, could you could you tell us about the time that you referred me a gig? Oh, yes. So I gave Aidan a gig one time. I know sometimes I am nice. <laughs> very generous. Very <laughs> and, generous. Um, it was a really, really nice gig from a, a top guy very high up in the corporate oil world flown over airbnb in my local town wanted an entertainer i couldn't do it for certain reasons so i got aiden in and um 
Aiden was like, yep, no worries. We get two hours of entertainment booked in. The guy was like, absolutely fantastic. You sound amazing. Ashley said you're great. You look great. You sound great. We're really excited for it. And the guy was so excited. And he was like, you look more than just a magician. Fantastic. Which, massive win-win. And the guy, again, was not an arse, was a really, really nice guy. But as soon as you sent over the performance agreement to say, I'll perform two hours at your party for this fee, what did the guy immediately do? He messaged you straight back and said, I hope you're not just going to do two hours of entertainment and then leave. And it got me thinking. I was like, because we, we spoke about this at the time. And when we actually started to delve into this, we thought of this, that exact example from like, what was it, a year and a half ago, uh, this gig came in. And um, and we went, hang on a minute. This guy's saying, if you do two hours of entertainment, he's going to be annoyed. Yet he's paying you for two hours of entertainment. He's asked you to do two hours of entertainment. He's paying you for two hours of entertainment. Yet if you do two hours of entertainment, he's going to be annoyed because you didn't do more. And and I'm like, and I was thinking, I was like, well, well, he needs to pay more then? Like, if he wants more, like, you're paying for two hours, mate. You've agreed for two hours. Why are you going to be annoyed if he gives you exactly what you've asked for? But in reality, what was the problem there, Aiden? Well, it, it was literally the same thing. Like, we hadn't set those yeah. healthy boundaries. Like, we hadn't managed those expectations over what was actually going to be delivered, what the actual entertainment was going to look and feel like. Because Which is clarity. Was... Exactly. That was it. That was the only thing they needed. A little bit of clarity over that. And, and their expectations would have been managed. We wouldn't have had any problems in that front. We'd have set those healthy boundaries. And we wouldn't have had that really weird and slightly awkward email to reply to. It was it, it was a bizarre feeling. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, again, there's no problem with, uh, with the gig. I'll be honest, it was a fantastic gig. And my first time in Kent. So it was, it was quite a little pleasant trip. Even though my car nearly blew up three times on the way to the gig. Uh, true, true story. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was great, but that was just a bizarre moment and something that, again, we, we spoke about, we adapted, we learned from. Same as this conversation today. Um, but there was something else that you brought up earlier that I want to chip in here now. Just We, sp- yeah. we spoke about autoresponders, like email autoresponders. And, and mm. the, the idea of having this, somebody sends an email and basically re- uh, you get this automatic reply saying, thanks, I'm out of the office until blah, blah, blah. That's a typical one in the corporate environment. Yeah, uh, But you can I mean- set it up to say whatever. It, it it makes people aware that like, hey, I'm only available during these hours, mainly because you're not at work, not in the office, you're spending time with the family. And that sounds great. And many of you out there, your professional working magicians probably have autoresponders, like when you're on holiday, for example, that you're away from a week, um, or just when you're out of your usual office hours, like, hey, I'll get back to you on Monday at nine o'clock, whatever. But we got thinking about this and we don't think autoresponders on email actually work. Like, yes, although it kind of hits some of the points that we've touched on to 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 bring the, these clients and let them understand when you're going to get back. Like, it doesn't entirely work because someone's going to email you so excited about an event, maybe so excited about an event that you've done with some raving feedback, and then they're just hit with, yeah, I'm, I'm not looking at these now. We, we just think there's a yeah. bit of a problem with them. 
Yeah, it's this kind of gap, isn't there? I and mean, we looked at it from a positive perspective and a negative perspective. And again, the conversation was, how do we expect uh, set these expectations and manage our, 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 our healthy boundaries around our time involvement with the entertainment business? And uh, we thought email autoresponders. I've, I've played with them before, but I, I personally don't like them. I turned mine off quite quickly after setting them on. In fact, I set them on three days. Uh, they lasted three days while I went on one holiday uh, a while back. And I was, yeah, not a fan, not a fan. Because again, you've got to think about it. People are emailing you because there is a re- there's a reason, whether that is a great reason, a negative reason. For example, somebody has a question about your performance agreement, in which case it might be a bit nervous. A gig might be coming up, might be a bit nervous. Something might change. You can hit Floki in the background, but uh, an event details might change, and they need to really urgently update you. And then they get like they've got some. Again, this is just negative. They might be really excited and want to leave you glowing feedback for an event that you just did. Either way, to have this heightened level of emotional connection to you whether it's positive negative it doesn't matter and to then be slammed in the face with a brick wall that basically says yep thanks for that i'm not looking at it yet it's like it it kills the momentum it kills the excitement it kills the the energy around that conversation regardless of what it is And, and again it's better in some cases better in others but it's just not it's not something that i would i would like i think it the expectations should be managed around the other elements of the 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 interaction not just that one email responder there i don't think it's a good idea and i don't want to break this down a little further because i know there's still going to be people listening to this and i don't agree with you i don't think you're right there okay that's fair enough you're entitled to your own views because like that's the best thing to to disagree because if you disagree and give a valid point that's better than ours like reach out let us know let us know where we can improve our businesses fantastic but but to really break this down if for those people that don't get it like in businesses with solicitors estate agents accountants all that people understand that it's like business 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 and there's workouts and that but when it comes to an entertainment business when it comes to the business that we're in not many clients actually see what we do as like a business i mean most people do magic and mentalism and this type of entertainment as more of like a, a hobby on the side so people just assume that we're available kind of all the time uh, and also if we do it professionally if we do it full-time like myself or raiden well again people just kind of assume we do it all the time it's something that we love and we get to do our job that we love as is like a full-time thing so we're always available and especially if you've got your mobile number on the web like they've got direct personal contact to you so just going back with a bland old blank message like that people just kind of don't expect it because they feel like they're going to get a bit more of a personal touch because they don't see you as a traditional business they see you as just an individual as just a human that they're going to talk to and then you've hit them smack bang with this bang i'm a brick wall i'm a robot kind of procedure exactly and and again it's up to you by all means go and play with these kind of concepts and and let us know your feedback in terms of what you've experienced but for us like right now at the time of this conversation it's just it's a compromise that's not worth actually having um but but they're they're kind of one i'd probably even split those into two clear principles they're actually setting and understanding these healthy boundaries and then managing the expectations of your client they're two really important stages but that brings us on to on to sort of Principle three, the conversation that we had around actually systems. Now, Mm. we're not shy to talking about systems on the TSM podcast. We talk about it a lot. We rave about it because it's something that we are pretty obsessed with, to be honest. But what we mean by this is like having these inbuilt systems to actually enforce these healthy boundaries 
by managing those expectations. You're basically th systems that do those first two points for you, either automatically or, or manually. Well, this was a chat we was having. I was like, okay, we've made some, and again, we're, we're all about the micro, simple, very, very simple tweaks that we can make within our businesses. So the ones that require the least effort to get the maximum results from. <laughs> it's kind of like our so highest lazy. leverage tasks. No, yeah. it's, it's strategically lazy because we can focus on what matters and what we need to do specifically. So it's strategically lazy, which is a term I'm cottoning to say we shouldn't be hustling. We should be strategically lazy, which anyone coming to uh, Terry Tyson's podcast <laughs> or anyone that went to that as of recording this, his live podcast is in a few hours. But anyone that came to the live podcast with Terry Tyson, oh, you're in for a treat on that or were, depending on when you were listening with timescales and I was recording now. Um, but yeah, like it's all well at us saying, okay, here's the micro changes that we need to make within our business to make sure that people don't mess us around. Like again, we've explained they might not be intentionally messing us around. It might just be a thing because of miscommunication and problems and they don't understand us. So we've created simple solutions and strategies to stop that occurring, to stave and free up our time. But I said to Aiden, okay, well, to make sure this never goes wrong in the future, to make sure there's nothing I forget. And when we're busy, like in the festive period, like through November, December, and, and even a bit into January, it can be very easy to let things slip. When you've got more clients coming in, when you're on the road a lot more, when you've got more shows out there, and especially at a time when there's more stuff going on with your family as well, it can be easy to let things slip because you don't have much time to actually do this admin, to do the client management and deal with your pipeline. So I said to Aiden, well, one of the things I've just done straight away, I've written all of this down because I'm going to put this into a little Word document and create a little system of how I deal with clients. Because that way, whenever I get someone that phones up and like the two people this evening that I'm speaking to, if I get any other people following that, for example, that want to speak about their corporate event, their wedding, their party, whatever the list goes on, I can go, okay, what do I need to do to make sure I can put these preventative measures in place so that there's never any problems that will directly affect my time and also inconvenience them. And we just follow a steer clear step-by-step -step system. I don't have to remember, okay, I need to do this. I need to make sure to, to let them know we've got this allotted time for that meeting rather than just going, yeah, it's at 6.30. Let's go from there. I need to make sure that we've got like automation to send stuff through. And I need to actually be a little bit clear of what I'm delivering rather than trying to remember that and then being scatty brain when I've got so much going on this week with like events and personal life, I can go, okay, what do I need to do? Bring up a Word document. I need to do this, 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 this. Have I done this? Have I done this? Have I done this? Have I done this? No, haven't done that. I'll quickly do that now. Sorted. All the preventative measures are in place. And then your clients flow much, much quicker through the client process than they would if you was just trying to do what most magicians do. Just take an inquiry, deal with it off the top of their head and then try and book a gig like we're following a clear-cut process that works every single time and will allow us to never never ever end up with these problems again exactly that exactly that and it's it's being it's that consistency that's so important because again you can do it once you can do it twice but whether you can do it three times over or more over an extended period of time that's where the real leverage is but that's what will get you thriving and hustle free at the end of the day 
and you, you yeah we spoke about there in terms of automations can can you set up things that basically run it automatically for example uh, can you have specific email campaigns to follow up people uh, that haven't yet filled out a performance agreement or signed your performance agreement or paid your invoice or, or anything like that can you set some form of automatic text message reminder system again making sure that they're all fully aware that they've opted in for all of this kind of stuff like so you don't break any laws and all that kind of stuff but you get the point there's having some form of automation where the system in and of itself the toolkit the software whatever it is you're doing does the work for you or having that ops manual that ashley mentioned there that step-by-step process of these are the things that i need to do in this order to this standard so that these expectations are managed and uh, again if you listen to our just the tip a little while back we actually shared uh, the the five key stages of our client journey actually understanding your client journey i would probably even encourage actually that you you look back at those five stages and look out your healthy boundaries for each of those five stages and then put everything that we've put uh, we spoke about earlier into those five stages i mean i know i'm going to be looking back at my work on that myself uh, and making sure that that's really really clear but it can be really simple just making sure that what you've got is enforceable consistently in a non-harsh way so that it doesn't make you seem like a dick but actually allows you to keep doing what you love without it being a nightmare without it turning into a job or something that you just don't like yeah, well, we're just simplifying the process. Well, exactly. You're making it so much easier and simpler, and there's just no room for error because you know what you need to get your client from A to B, A being where they are right now, B being booking you, and then all the way through to C being fans for life. You know that full what you need them to do, uh, what you need to do. Sorry, to allow that journey to take place. What are the boundaries for each stage in that journey? How do you manage it? Like. Now you can make that really simple, really easy, really effective for the long haul. And we've we've spoken about three really different principles here. Um, Ultimately, so far, we've spoken about actually having those healthy, setting those healthy boundaries, first of all, actually making them a thing. We spoke about managing the client's expectations. And then part number three, uh, principle three is actually the systems. But there's a fourth one. And I would argue that this is going to come across the most challenging for a lot of people. But this is the most important of all of them. And that's quite literally be comfortable enough to fire your clients. You can say no to clients to inquire. If you're desperate for a gig and a nightmare client shows up at your door, you can still say no, even if you need to convert it financially. And the reason we say that is not because of this whole concept of, oh, yes, you're, you're, you're the superior entertainer. You should be comfortable enough to turn away people because that makes it look like you're in demand. No, 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 no. What we're doing here is exactly as Ashley said there. We're simplifying your entertainment business and we're actually making sure that we're not working with a bunch of fools that are going to make your life difficult or uncomfortable or waste four and a half hours over a conversation that could have been had five minutes during the week. Exactly. Time is your most valuable asset. And if you are in that position financially where you're like, I really need this gig to be able to pay the bills. Okay, you might take it, it might help you out. But you're delaying your problems back further. Because if that person is a massive sap on your time, what's that going to do? It's going to allow you with no time or reduce the time that you're going to spend on getting other gigs on other work. 
If you said no to that awkward client, you could take all of that time which you're going to spend with that awkward person, which is zapping your energy and putting it into something so much more practical to get maybe two or three shows out of. Uh, just proves the point. Yes, saying no might seem silly, but when you look at it that way, you've got all this time to invest somewhere else where you might be able to get more results from it. I don't think it even goes to the point of you could spend this elsewhere in your business. You can quite easily spend this time outside of your business. Well, you can you, spend you it can with your family. This, exactly. You could you could have some bloody time off. Like I know, I know a lot of people probably won't even want to have time off after the last couple of uh, years that we've had. But you get, you get the point. Like if you want to have time off and go do something you love, you you most certainly can. And and again, this really leverages that eighty twenty rule. And and you might be familiar with it under like Pareto's principle or the eighty twenty principle or something like that. But this is the concept that that twenty percent of your clients or your customer base or your fan base or whatever will deliver 80% of your results. 20% of your input will equate to 80% of your output. And and that's the same kind of thinking that we want to put in here. Like there are 80% of your clients that are not serving you as powerfully as 20% of them. And if you get somebody who is definitely not in that 20%, you can cut them out because you are not cutting out a huge chunk of your business. And it, it, I think a really important in, uh, sort of insight or, or a mindset that, that people find valuable is like the fact that uh, for me anyway, um, again, it would be different from pe- person to person. But for me, I'm not running my entertainment business on a time for money basis. Instead, what I'm running it on is a time involvement with the business on a sort of a money divide by time equals freedom ratio, whereby like, Obviously, the money in the business needs to be as big as possible, but the time itself needs to be as small as uh, as possible so that I'm more free. Because at the end of the day, you could make a hundred grand in a year, and if you're pouring in a hundred thousand hours on it, like your hourly rate sucks, and it is just not a practical use of time. So, a- again, being aware that actually your time investment should be as minimal based on like eighty twenty it. That is really hard to describe outside of that. But if you 80-20 your time in your entertainment business as well, it will really help you understand which clients are fireworthy. 100%. And when we look at this, and <laughs> I, this was one of the things I, I brought up, uh, and another story from my past, actually, where I've I've had people like this in the past where I've gone, I don't want to work with them. People where I've gone, I actually don't want that gig. For example, like a, a really rough pub or, or someone who I really, really don't get along with because they're just an arse in general. And one of the things I used to do in the past, which I know a lot of entertainers out there do, is just go, oh, because of the pain, I'll up my fee. Usually I'll charge uh, £1,000. I'll up it to £3,000. If they pay it, I've got more money. Usually I charge £100. Oh, I'll up it to £600 because if they pay it, yeah, there'd be a pain, but I've made more money, so it's worthwhile. And we thought about this, and this was what I said to you, Adam. We spoke extensively about this, and yes, when we look at it at surface level, it makes sense. More of an awkward situation. You get more money. Warrants the price increase. But not really when we actually start to delve deeper into this. Because if you up your fee a significant amount, and instead of doing a wedding uh, like I do for maybe £2,000, you up it to £10,000. If that person is already a pain, is already a pain, and zapping your time, when you up your fee to 10000 
What are they going to be like then when they've invested 10 and they say yes to that? They say yes. You're sat there happy days. Oh, I've made 10 grand. But what is that client going to be like? Well, they've invested 10 flipping grand into you. So that annoying client is going to go up tenfold, a hundredfold. They're going to be contacting you and pestering you every day. They're going to want to make sure that they know everything inside and out. They're going to expect the best and highest level of customer service. They're going to be the most ultimate Karen you will ever meet. And on top of that, on top of that, they're going to expect a show that is like Darren Brown, Dynamo level, celebrity level of stuff because their expectation is this better be bloody good. And if you don't deliver, if they're already a pain beforehand, what are they going to be like afterwards? What is that going to do towards your career? Is that going to damage you with the bad rumors that they might spread, the bad reviews, the testimonials? You know, really think about this. Upping your fee isn't always a good thing. In fairness, I think in that situation, it's probably one of the worst things that you could do. Yeah. Um, any, uh, and then uh, you give the example there of, of upping from 2000 to 10000 That is a significant jump. That is an £8,000 price increase relative to a £500 increase from 100 to 600 Like The difference is staggering. However, the point that we're making here is like by managing those expectations – you can be really clear in terms of you are if you're right now you're a hundred pounds performer like first off you can up your fee pretty comfortably and it won't really change that much but that's a conversation for another time Uh, but if you are say a hundred pounds performer right now people expect you to be a 100 pounds performer but upping it to 600 pounds like as you said ashley it's you now have to be a 600 pound performer what does that look like well only your clients know because like at the end of the day they're the ones paying for it they're the ones booking you and expecting that and in any situation really we've looked at uh, some of the the interviews from some of the world's leading ceos and and millionaires and the and the mo- the wealthy people of the planet and they all seem to say the same thing and that's quite simply that money enhances who you are money enhances who you are it does not make your problems go away it just makes them bigger it does not make you a better person. It just makes you more of what you are. See, it's like a, a, a big, it just amplifies the true you. And if you amplify your fee and your client is happy to put more of a financial investment in you, just think like, what is that significant difference? Because look, you look at it from two to 10, that is still what, if I've done the math right, a 500% increase. From one to six. What is that? That is still a 500% increase. You've basically put your value at 500% greater. And again, that's very math's way of putting it. But like you're increasing your value at a rate that you don't, you, you might not even consider, but your clients definitely will. They'll be fully aware of it. And, and the worst bit, they might not even go full, full Karen, as Ashley described it a second ago. They might not go so nitpicky, really crazy. They might just shut up. And let you do your thing, expecting that you know everything at how to do a 10K gig or how to do a 600 pound gig or anything, really. They might just shut up. And when you don't meet their expectations, complain like heck, give you a bad rep, do loads of different things. They could do they could do anything. <laughs> they become what we like to call dangerous clients because they have so much power over you your entertainment business any direction whatsoever and you don't even know about it 
They could be best friends with potential clients. They could be going to your networking meetings. They could be sending emails out on your butt. You just don't know. So again, it comes down to that that concept of just being comfortable and knowing when to fire your clients. That's kind of that fourth principle actually there. Exactly. Up in your feed doesn't work. If anything, you're just going to create a bigger problem and a bigger time investment, which negates the fact that you're making more money. Because in reality, in the bigger picture, you're probably going to be making less because you could put that time elsewhere or spend it in your personal life as we're massive advocates of of having that freedom to do what you want. But yeah, I mean, look, this this episode was a very different episode because it's really an insight into uh, my business in particular and um, because we're, we're always kind of like dissecting it. Like we, we chat about our businesses a lot and we're always looking for ways to improve it, to make it easier, to make it more simpler, to streamline it, streamline our packages, deliver better shows to people. And we're always refining this. And And this in particular, we thought, you know what? I bet this is going to resonate with so many people out there. And even if it doesn't, even if people are like, oh, I've never wasted my time at a client meeting like that. It's fine. It will never happen. At least that's fine. That's fine. That's good. But now you know the preventative measures to put in place so that it will never happen to you so that you'll never have someone moaning that they booked you for two hours and you wanted to do two hours, yet now they want more for the same price. You'll never have anyone moaning like that. you never ever have anyone faffing around down the pub for four hours whilst you try and pitch a show and they don't want to hear about it. And you never have a Karen just slating you because you charged 10 grand for their Christmas do at the pub. Like you put these preventative measures in place, you take action on this, and if you really want to simplify it further, it will take a bit of time, but once it's done, it's set, just type it up into a little system. The step-by-step processes you need to follow when it comes to taking a inquiry to face-to-face meeting, for example, and you do that, you're set. You've made your life so much easier, you've made your client's life so much easier, and you're just going to be bringing them into your world a little bit more so that they understand you. And as a byproduct, I think that's going to give a better level of customer service. And that's going to warrant them booking you again, because they're like, wow, this guy was great. This person was great. They really understood what they was doing within their entertainment business. You know what? This was so easy. I'd have no problems using them again. If anything, acting on this and putting these little, little preventatives in place, is just a benefit for everyone. That's the way I see it. 100%. 100%. Again, if you guys listening to this have found value in this episode, we'd love to know, more importantly. Again, this is just a a real-life conversation or a summary of an extensive three-, four-hour conversation that we've actually just had on this exact subject. And we thought, why not record a summary, actually, and share that with you guys? Because we think it's so important. Um, And a really good insight into what we're actually working on behind the scenes, too. So if you did find value in this episode, by all means, reach out. Head Head over to Instagram. Why not come and join us on Instagram today? Head over to instagram.com forward slash the successful mentalist. You'll be able to find us and drop us a message. Let us know your biggest takeaway, what you loved about this episode. And if you've got any questions, by all means, shoot us a shoot us a DM over on Instagram and we'll be more than happy to reach out and help you from there. Oh yeah. So with that said, have a good day. And uh whether it's the morning, afternoon, evening, wherever you're from, <laughs> little callback. You gotta love it. We'll see you guys soon. And we'll see you in a couple of days for um, one of our Just a Tip episodes. You take care. Bye-bye.
Hey, it's Aiden here. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, it would really mean the world to us if you just took a moment to leave a rating and a review on your preferred podcast player. That way it just helps us grow the show and get it into the ears of more listeners across the world in a non-creepy way. Also, when you're ready to roll, here are three ways that we can help you right now. Number one is to join our free Facebook group. It's called the Magician's Business Group, and we're creating the most valuable space on the internet for entertainers that are looking to grow and improve their business. We'd love you to join us inside, so to do that, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash group, and the magic of the internet will take you straight there, or just pull open Facebook and search for the Magician's Business Group. Number two is to take our new quiz. It'll help you find the biggest opportunity in your entertainment business right now. And in just a few quick questions, you'll be presented with a seven minute breakdown of your biggest opportunity and how you can actually go about tackling that to help increase your entertainment business and boost it completely. In order to take the quiz, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash quiz. That's thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash quiz. And we'll be able to get you your results. Number three, momentum. If you'd like to make an extra two grand a month in magic without paying a penny for advertising, we'd love to help you. Our latest coaching program, Momentum, is designed to get you booking gigs every single week for at least £500 so that you can be growing your entertainment business without having to worry about websites or business cards or advertising or any of that kind of stuff. To find out more, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash momentum. That's thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash momentum, and we'll send you all of the details.